You're listening to the High Performance Hoops Podcast, bringing you your one-stop shop on all things training, sports performance, nutrition for athletes, and aspiring coaches to enhance your training and help you crack the code on elite athletic performance with your host, Julian Lacosto. What up, fellow Hoopers, basketball enthusiasts, and coaches out there? Welcome to episode four of the High Performance Hoops podcast, brought to you by Challenger Strength. I am your host, as always, Julian Locasto. Guys, if you haven't already, please go listen to the last episode of the pod. We go in detail about the five must-reads to jumpstart your coaching career. And I'm not going to be biased about this. I honestly think that this is a great resource, especially if you're a new coach in the field, that you should be taking advantage of and going ahead and just saying, I'm going to go ahead and read these because honestly, from my perspective, you know, as a new coach, that was probably one of the first things I asked Jerry was, you know, what's something that I can read to help kickstart my career in terms of learning to program and kind of seeing what I can do to provide more value to my athletes. So if you haven't already, go listen to that. I think that there's a lot of great nuggets in there that you guys can use and take away from that. Uh, and lastly, guys, if you haven't, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us get this show out there to people. Uh, and honestly, if you if you like, even if you like listening to it and you found something really valuable about it, just share it. You know, send it to a friend, and even like blow it up on social, throw it up on your Instagram story that you listen to it. It's greatly appreciated. And you know what? We like having you guys here. So for today's topic. You know, I want to keep it real with you guys. I feel like, you know, it's not, there's not nearly enough quality information regarding training of young athletes out there. You know, everybody wants to know how their favorite pro athlete trains. You know, you go on TikTok and, you know, that's the number one thing that you see out there is like, what are the pro athletes doing? Or here's what you can do to train like a pro or be like your favorite athlete while, you know, young athlete development is kind of an afterthought for most people. And the fact of the matter is that the adolescent years are when the most critical training takes place. But please don't take the previous statement the wrong way. You know, even though the adolescent years are critical training years, you don't want to be the parent or the coach that has your 10-year-old kid running with parachutes attached to their back, squatting a thousand pounds with chains and you know, doing all these advanced level training, um, training modalities, you know. So that's why today I want to kind of talk to you guys about like some guidelines for training younger athletes and just some things that we've done at Challenger that have seen a lot of success. So the number one thing, and I think this is probably the most important one, is, you know, slow cook the process. You know, think long term, try not to be that guy or girl that is thinking more of the short term. So, you know, you don't want to be thinking of, you know, your 10-year-old or 12-year-old kid and, and you you don't want to kind of be like, oh, like, I want to try to be the best 10, 12-year-old athlete. You know, youth training should not be about the quick fix. It should be about developing proper motor patterns, skills, and structural integrity in order to form the foundation for long-term development. So, you know, Honestly, when you think about it, it's like you don't want to be the best 10-year-old or 12-year-old in your age group because at that point in your development, it doesn't really matter. Like you're not winning any awards. You're not, you're not making money. You're not, 
you know, potentially winning or or receiving a full scholarship to school, you know, I'd rather you think and be, I want to be the strongest, fastest, and most explosive, powerful 17 or 18 year old. Why? Because honestly, at that point, I would rather have my child starting to peak during the later part of his his or her high school years when it actually matters where a scholarship is potentially on the line where, you know, kids are getting scholarships now every day for sports that are changing their families' lives, especially for like people that come from, you know, families that can't really afford college. You know, that's the time of the year that you want to be at your best. And that's really when sports start to matter anyway. So number one, think long-term Think like you're going to slow cook the process. Don't rush and try to, you know, be the best at such a young age because it doesn't really matter that that early on. Number two, don't specialize too early. And honestly, just try to expose your young athletes to as much athletic things as possible. So before your kid really reaches that point in puberty, their nervous system is literally like clay. And it can be molded during these early years to however you want it. And this is a great time to develop other different traits and category and characteristics of athletic development that you wouldn't otherwise be able to if you try to skip steps. So that's your, you know, your develop, uh, developing balance, coordination, kinesthetic awareness, just being able to control your body in time and space. You know, these traits are much more difficult to train during your later stages in your life when your nervous system is fully developed. Um, this is why it's really important to expose your kid to a variety of activities and sports during this developmental period. You know, whether that's, you know, I know a lot of parents put their kids in martial arts or gymnastics, dance, like these are all really great choices to mold your kid's nervous system and develop high levels of motor skills and relative strength early on. So the more variety that they're exposed to, the greater their foundation will be when they get older and want to specialize in a specific sport. So you shouldn't really have little Johnny you know, saying from an early age, early on, like nine years old, that he wants to be a football player and only play football. Let him do whatever the hell he wants and let him get experience doing other things. You know, and then that leads into number three, you know, prioritizing quality movement over higher intensities or or heavier weight. You know, I find that, you know, the number one stigma about the weight room especially when it comes to training athletes is, you know, we're going to throw a thousand pounds on their back right off the bat. And we're going to try to, you know, make them into the biggest power lifters or Olympic lifters out there. The biggest misconception, and I feel like this is why parents are so like, you know, they're so timid and um, afraid to have their kids go and work with a strength coach at a young age is because they're afraid that they're going to turn their kids into bodybuilders, power lifters, or Olympic lifters, when in reality, that shouldn't really be the case. And it shouldn't really be the foundation of your training. You know, I think a lot of younger athletes will get a lot out of just prioritizing those fundamental movements. So like your push up positions, like a simple squat, a hinge, a single leg exercise, you know, 
those those fundamental movements uh, they're probably better for you than a lot of other things that you could be doing in training that you see a lot of athletes that are at the more advanced level doing. And what I mean by that is, you know, just prioritize fundamental movement patterns. Think slow, eccentric movements, potentially isometric holds. You know, don't worry too much about, you know, trying to pack weight on them that they can't handle early on. You know, when it comes to that, the intensity of exercise must be closely monitored during resistance training for young athletes. Do not pack them. It, it doesn't make sense from a common sense perspective to just throw heavy weight on, on a kid's back or, or put some heavy weight in their hands when they can't even do a simple push-up. You know what I mean? So it's, it doesn't make sense to put a kid on a bench press when he can't do a simple push-up. So start with the basics and really just work your way up from there. And even if you want, just start with body weight movements and just let them get really, really good at that. Let them get good at just moving their body and being able to control their body in time and space rather than just putting weight in their hands that can't do much for them. There are certain cases though when a little bit of weight so like for a goblet squat per se, there are some kids that just that when they do a bodyweight squat, they just don't look right. But then the minute you put them into like a little bit of a goblet squat position, they start to almost self-organize and look a little bit better. So that's a situation where putting a little bit of load in their hands could actually help and it could actually potentially you'll see way more progress in terms of their overall movement quality over time. That's a situation where I would do that. In other cases, strength training should honestly consist of more body weight exercises or using some light external resistance that just allows your kid to move with proper technique. And then next, I think that the number, the, one of the big things is just being able to move your body well. And a big part of that is just having your kids sprint. You know, I feel like sprinting is the purest form of plyometrics there are. And a lot of kids earlier on are just kind of running around and it's called speed training, but in reality, it's more like, let me just run these kids to the ground till they get really, really tired. And then they wonder why their kid doesn't get faster. I think sprint training needs to be prioritized in a way where, you know, we're working on that 10 to 15 yards and we're focusing on just quality movement, working on mechanics, and just getting these kids to move their bodies fast. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that you could be doing as a young athlete right off the bat that's going to help you tremendously with your speed. Just move your body fast and just get used to moving at faster speeds. Next, don't teach them to fly if they can't land. You know, Joe DeFranco talks a lot about this, and I learned this very early on at his CPPS certification, and then I've just learned this from working with younger athletes as we've continued to, you know, progress with, you know, programming and me just working with younger athletes over the past four to five years. You know, running and jumping are two activities that, you know, are in most youth sports, but the problem is, is that there's, you know, two activities are the is the that the most parents and coaches never teach their kids how to land or decelerate properly. 
So you wouldn't want to get on a plane if the plane never learned how to, if the pilot never learned how to land. Like, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I learned right, right from Joe was, you know, and, and that kind of resonated with me. So I think I'll say that again for a lot of you guys, you know, you wouldn't get on a plane if the pilot never learned to land the vehicle. You know, I'd probably just stay home at that point if I knew that right off the right off bat. So then how come we're letting our kids run and jump around all day without teaching them how to land? You know, it's no surprise to me that over 70% of ACL injuries in youth sports are a result of non-contact injuries. You know, so if you don't want your kid or little Johnny to blow out his knee when he plays, you know, have your kid work on active decelerations in their training because that's a controlled environment that they could actually work on those things, you know, and just start with the basics, you know, map out like five yards and then have them get into a sprint position and then just simply have them stop, you know, and you could either cue them to stop with your vocals, like an auditory cue, or even use like a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball and just give them something to look for and react to. Because that's what sports is. It's we're reacting to some form of stimulus, whether that's auditory, like a whistle or a command from a coach, or, you know, if we're playing football, you know, we're reacting off the quarterback's go. If we're a wide receiver, you know, Things like that. We're reacting to auditory cues. We're reacting to visual stimuli, whether that's, you know, an opponent coming at us to tackle us or try to take the ball away from us or, you know, in basketball, you know, we're, we're constantly having to avoid defenders and, and dribble past people. Like, they're, they're not guys that are just going to stand in one, one spot. You know, they're going to come at you. So you got to just be able to react and move and decelerate, stop, start. So start with something simple like that with a five-yard marker, you know, react to either auditory or visual cue, have them stop under uh, slower entry speeds at five yards, and then work your way to 10 yards, like have them just stop at that faster speed. And then next, just throw in different stop-start variations where, you know, you, you're having your kid react and having to stop and then re-accelerate. You know, those things are important because it's going to teach your body how to self-organize under higher speeds. They're going to teach you to lower your center of mass, and they're going to allow you to be able to control yourself in a way where you can decelerate quickly, rapidly change direction, and then allow you to re-accelerate out of those stops. So I think that's really, really important if you're a parent or a young coach. Please don't overlook these because it's a very important aspect of running and jumping. Um, from a jumping perspective, you know, you could even just, we, we do a lot of depth landings or depth jumps. Um, Yuri Verkashansky talks a lot about them in the sense that it builds that eccentric rate of force development. So basically that, that point of reversal where we essentially kind of, there's a lot of young athletes, especially early on that kind of load into their jumps and they don't know how to load properly and get out of the bottom of their jumps it almost looks like they're kind of stuck in mud per se so this is a great way to work on that transition or their ability to kind of accumulate and absorb kinetic forces into the ground and then just be able to push and get that extra little oomph out of the bottom so we're improving their strength at the point of reversal where they're kind of able to reverse out of that jump 
Um, so you could start with a low box, especially if it's a young, young athlete. You don't want to try anything crazy. Um, start low. Uh, we usually maybe start with like a 20 or a 24-inch box and just teach them how to land in proper positions where they are able to stick landings and kind of get into that squat position safely and under control. That's a good way you could start. Uh, and then as you progress, you could slowly incre- uh, increase uh, heights uh, of the box every two, two or three weeks uh, or so, just slowly increase the box height. And then you could maybe even work in single leg landings as the athlete gets stronger uh, over time. Last but not least, building relative strength. You know, kids are participating in competitive sports earlier than ever. Um, They're also being injured more than ever. And it's obvious that their bodies are not able to meet, you know, some of these physical demands of the sport. So, you know, like I was kind of alluding to before, you know, parents are kind of scared to let their kids go strength train yet they have no problem throwing them on the court, on the football field, wrestling mat, ice hockey rink, you know, on the on the ice. You know, they have no problem doing that and letting their kids get hurt out there, but they're afraid to, you know, have a trained professional look after their kid and teach them how to lift weights. So in my opinion, strength training is probably the most important thing a young athlete can do because, you know, the primary function of the body's 600 plus muscles is to, you know, contract to help the body move, especially move properly. And remember that only one, only muscles can, you know, cause movement. So the stronger the muscles and the more forceful the contraction, you know, the faster the athlete will run, you know, the higher he'll jump, the further he'll throw, kick, and, you know, the harder he'll hit, you know. So, Strong, healthy muscles can also act as a suit of armor, you know, to help support us and protect the body against injury. You know, if you're a basketball player, you know, it may not be as physical as, you know, football or hockey or or rugby or something of that nature. But, you know, you still have to, you know, try to attack the paint and, you know, especially if you're a smaller guard that has to go up against uh, essentially trees you know, you have to have that armor, that suit of armor to help support and protect the body, uh, you know, as you go up and try to meet contact at the rim. You know, that's super important, especially uh, even big men. You know, you guys have to bang down low against other guys that are just as strong, if not stronger than you. So you just having that extra protection is important. But, you know, unfortunately, like I was alluding to before, most parents associate strength training with the wrong things. They associate it with powerlifting Olympic weightlifting or professional bodybuilding, you know, all of which are, you know, sports in their own right, but it's not the sport that we're training for. The truth of the matter is, is that strength training merely means performing exercises that help strengthen the muscles of the body. And at this level, at a youth level, these exercises should mainly consist body weight exercise, like a push up variation, chin up or an inverted row you know, body weight squats, walking lunges, you know, you could do a sled push, planks, you know, these are all very safe and healthy things that an athlete at a young age should be doing. And, you know, these are things that, you know, aren't prioritized, they're not fancy, they're not things that get a million likes on social media. But 
they're all things that your kid should be doing. If your kid is a small and scrawny kid that weighs 80 pounds and he's in seventh or eighth grade, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from experience because I've trained a lot of them, you know, your kid needs to get strong in order to play a sport, I promise you, because there's a reason why little Johnny still can't shoot and make a three-pointer, and that's because he's 70, 80 pounds soaking wet and can't even shoot the ball without having to use two hands. So, please... the chances are if he gets stronger in relation to how much he weighs he will be able to play his sport at a higher level and be able to compete with kids of his age and and older so those are my biggest takeaways um so what does a program look like for a young athlete you know in my perspective an athlete should be running and jumping and when i mean running i don't mean long distance i mean sprinting quality 10 to 15 yards resting a minute, minute and a half between each sprint, trying to run as fast as possible within that 10 to 15 yards, two times a week, and jumping. I love box jumps if you have a younger athlete. If you don't have boxes, just having your athlete maybe try to go touch something that's really high. So if it's a basketball hoop, have them try to touch the net. If they can't touch... If they can touch the net easy, have them try to touch the backboard. If they can touch the backboard, have them try to touch the rim. Just giving yourself an external challenge is something that's going to help you in the long run because it's going to help you produce more power vertically over time. So jumping, sprinting at least two times a week for younger athletes, I think that's very important. Um, Lifting, you know, they should be lifting one between one to five repetitions, sometimes even more if you're doing body weight rep exercises. If you're doing body weight exercises, maybe even going 10 to 15, maybe even up to 20 repetitions uh, with using slow controlled um, eccentrics. Eccentric basically means the way down or using isometrics, um, basically just holding your body in a specific position. So maybe we're using like a lunge like a rear leg elevated uh, split squat, like a lunge position, having them get halfway down and just holding their body in that position, uh, using these uh, modalities to kind of improve quality of movement. Uh, we like to use obviously one to five repetitions and just focusing on just slower eccentrics and isometrics just because it's been able to proven, it's been proven to show that we can improve quality of movement and relative body, uh, relative strength over time. So in essence, keep it simple, you know, don't overload them. Don't focus on, you know, advanced uh, techniques when, you know, little Johnny can't even do a push up. Don't have your guy start on a bench press or a back squat. If they can't even do, if they can't even do a body weight back, if they can't even do a body weight goblet squat, you know, chances are you shouldn't be putting them on a back squat and trying to max them out day one. Same thing. You shouldn't be trying to max out somebody on a dumbbell or a barbell bench press when they can't even do a push-up right. If little Johnny goes and does a push-up and his hips sag all the way to the ground or his butt's all the way hanging up in the air as he goes all the way down and he can't even go all the way down, he only goes halfway down, chances are they need to start basic and they need to keep it that way for a pretty long time till they can master that. And I know a lot of coaches in the space that, you know, preach the same thing as well. You know, so that is going to be a wrap for today, guys. I think this was a, again, it was a great little small, short 
episode that you guys could get a lot out of. You know, if you're a young coach and you kind of you're working with a lot of younger athletes, uh, I think you can learn a lot from them. You know, I spoke about this in episode two. I think, you know, working with younger athletes is really important because it teaches you how to properly progress and regress exercises the right way. Um, You know, you can't start out super advanced with a guy that can't do a push-up the right way. You know, so starting basic and just learning how to progress slowly is going to be important early on, especially at that young age where their nervous system is so malleable, you know. So take this as it, as it is. If you guys enjoyed the content, please share it. You know, I, uh, even just throwing it up on a story that you listened to the episode and that you learned a little bit from it, it's super helpful, guys. So without further ado, guys, I'm going to see you guys next time. Peace. <music>